Before we get into the next episode of the Conjugate Chats, I want to thank the Department of Young Strain Coaches, the DOYSC, for sponsoring today's episode. The DOYSC is to help young coaches into the field of strength conditioning, whether that is CSCS prep, live discussions, internship or GA opportunities, or anything else strength conditioning related. They are here for a resource for young strength coaches going into the field of strength and conditioning. I'll drop the link in the description to the DOYSC's Discord so any young coach can have access to this awesome resource. So thank you for listening to the Conjugate Chats and the DOYSC for sponsoring today's episode. And welcome to another episode of the Conjugate Chats with your host here, John Mark Raspberry, Coach Raspberry at that. I have on today Peter Noonan of, you gotta help me out here. Hendrickson. Hendrickson High School down in yep. Texas. Yep. All right, man. How are you doing today? I'm doing good, man. How are you? I'm doing well. So let's just kick things off. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Um. This is my uh, third year at Hendrickson High School. I'm the defensive line uh, strength conditioning coach. I also do powerlifting and uh, discus. Um, just a uh, coach trying to get better. Uh, about 14 years in the game, man, and still so much for me to learn. So I appreciate uh, what you're doing with, with your podcast and uh, the guests that you have on, have had on and getting to learn from them, man. It's awesome. Appreciate that, man. Yeah, uh, we got some heavy hitters on here. I was just surprised that, you know, some of them, including yourself, wanted to come on and, you know, talk about yourself and, you know, help this field of strength conditioning kind of grow. So, uh, yeah, I appreciate you coming on. So you have a podcast of your own. So how did that get started? Um, so my buddy that's at Highland Park High School in the Dallas area, um, during the lockdowns of 2020 was like you should start a podcast and i was like uh why man like who would want to listen to me what do i have to say and you know he just kind of twisted my arm twisted my arm and just uh reluctantly gave in and started to kind of research about starting it and you know i started with uh with my cell phone and and, and uh you know the the headphones that come with it when you buy it and I reached out to some buddies of mine that I thought were pretty interesting and would have a lot to share. And, um, you know, just I've grown it every year. I've been fortunate enough to have some really amazing people on, uh, learn from them, you know, and I continue to seek more and more people uh, while also still trying to find the unknowns and, and kind of help grow people's awareness of other coaches beyond just um the the super well-known people um not to say that those guys and girls are not worthy they certainly are uh but there's some really great hidden gem coaches uh that i've come to learn and know about uh as well as other just people in general i've had um Eric Bartell, who's in uh, finance, works a lot with coaches on. I've had uh, some registered dietitians on to talk about nutrition. Uh, I've had a couple of former athletes on. Um, I've had several different military 
uh, personnel on uh, that are that are now current coaches. Uh, so it, it's a lot to put out there, uh, but it's just a really awesome opportunity to help it grow. And I'm closing in on 100 episodes, so I'm really excited about that. And Man, that's awesome. I wish you the best of luck going forward with all of what you're trying to do. I appreciate that, man. And I don't know. I think you had the same feelings I did when you first started, you know, putting yourself out there for the internet and everyone to hear you and to listen in on you. It's, it's a little intimidating. You know, it's, it can be very overwhelming at first because, you know, what if someone doesn't like what you say or anything like that? So, you know, I did this to get out of my comfort zone, you know. Um, I wanted this to be an outlet for strength coaches, you know. Oftentimes we're, you know, we're the ones that care about strength and conditioning the most, you know, in our school, family, whatever. You know, I wanted this to be an outlet, you know. I want this to be a release for some coaches. And um, it's it's growing steadily. <laughs> it's growing. But, I mean, I, I bet you had the same feelings like I'm kind of having right now at first. You know, like. You know, I don't know if anyone will listen to me about this one. Yeah, you know, I, I definitely had the the those initial jitters of like, is this going to go anywhere? Is this going to do anything? Um, and every now and then, I still those those feelings kind of pop up. You know, like, am I still doing what I want to do? Is it worthwhile? Uh, I've also had the same feeling about the the two Twitter chats that I run, um, especially the Tuesday night defense line one, sometimes it feels like it's me and maybe one other person or me by myself for a few, you know, minutes and, or whatnot. And then people eventually chime in, um, you know, the Sunday night one that's dedicated to strength and conditioning, iron speed chat that picked up a lot of steam really quickly. And to see where that's grown uh, and the fact that I could now, you know, farm it out to other coaches to host it and get those coaches a little more notoriety, I think is really awesome. You know, the, at the end of the day, the whole goal is to grow awareness of strength conditioning, have some good discussion, same way as with, you know, the defensive line one is grow that knowledge base, but then also help promote other coaches that are doing great in the profession. Yeah, absolutely. And I got to personally thank you for the Iron Speed Chat because um, that w- back to school wish list that you put out, I tagged Dasher in, and they reached out and they're donating a free set, like our a free two gate set to our program, and uh, you know that would never happen if that if you didn't do that for you know us as strength coaches on Twitter. So personally, thank you. You know that's that's huge. Dude, that's awesome. That and that's exactly why I wanted that to to happen. You know, my my wife is a kindergarten teacher in the Austin area, and so um, she had mentioned that you know this was kind of a trending thing, and so it's okay. We'll put your wish list out um, on Twitter, and I'll retweet it, and who knows? Well, sure enough, uh, a couple of coach friends bought books, um, and so you know it, it's it's amazing what people will do for other people when you just kind of open the door a little bit. And so I'll, I was inspired by that. And I thought, okay, well me personally, I can't financially give to somebody else, but maybe I can create a window of opportunity for someone who can. So let's just 
you know, shoot the shot. And, you know, I'm so uh, thankful that it worked out for you guys. And I hope it, it works out for other people in the future. And you know, I definitely think that maybe we'll probably do something around uh, Christmas time then, uh, you know, to try to get something pumped up and you know, maybe towards the end of the fiscal year when, when companies are looking for tax write-offs and right. whatnot. Right. And, um, yeah, man, I, that was unexpected. I, I, you know, I got an email from that company and didn't I, I completely, you know, out of left field, just it was completely remarkable. And, you know, there's a couple of tons of times on here I've talked about, like, strength and conditioning Twitter being kind of intimidating. Those are some of the most supporting people I've ever met. Like, when I started this thing, you know, literally last week, I mean, I had Monty, I had about 20-ish people, you know, willing to agree to come on here. And I never thought that I had 20 people just like that that wanted to come on and speak and talk and just, you know, it can be a little intimidating, you know, seeing the strength condition Twitter, but on the positive side of things, that's what this podcast is for, highlighting the positives. Yeah, I mean, you you mentioned uh, Monty Sparkman and... uh, he was one of the the early supporters of Iron Speed Chat and the podcast, and um, you know I had heard of him from other people in the Dallas area, and I had um, he had spoke at a clinic, and I wasn't able to to hear his presentation, and I reached out to him to ask for that PowerPoint, and to this day he still never sent it to me yet, but it doesn't matter because I've gotten so much more from him. Um, to actually be able to call him a friend, to call him whenever I want, uh, for him to just pick up the phone and, and, and shoot the shit with me, man. Like, and I've gotten to train at his house, um, last summer on our way to the NHSSCA state clinic. Um, there was a former, uh, I believe it was a former athlete of his, or, or I don't remember their exact connection. Uh, but this young man lives in, uh, in the Leander area. So North of Austin has a very nice garage gym set up. Um, he, he's a power lifter, uh, world, world champ. And so to go and train there on a Friday night was really cool. And, you know, so just my relationship with him has opened up way more doors than I would have ever imagined. Uh, you know, people like Missy Mitchell Macbeth, who are just rock stars in this industry to have that access to them and it be a genuine, you know, back and forth and there's so many others um that is it's like you said they're they're way more supportive unfortunately there is some toxicity um but it's a lot it's a lot easier to weed through when you take a step back and okay what's what's the actual purpose and intention of what they're trying to do um there there might actually be some benevolence behind it um and then just some people you know like uh like they said in batman some people just want to watch the world burn so they you know they throw stuff out there to just <laughs> stir the pot um you know and so right. it's kind of it's entertaining but it's also kind of eyebrow raising like are you really sure you should be should be doing that but there's also so many other great people that truly want to support and have a passion not just for their job and the kids that they coach, but other coaches and helping them grow as well. Absolutely. Let's take a step back and talk about the Iron Speed Chat. Like, 
how did that get started? How, I mean, even with your disruption t- chats that are on Tuesdays, I mean, how did that all get started? So I had noticed that there was already pre-existing ones that I kind of paid attention to from a distance. Uh, first one being uh, Chris Fisher, who runs the Texas High School Football Chat on Wednesdays. Adam Harvey, who runs the No Fly Zone chat on Tuesday evenings. That's a defensive back coverage based type one. And then Tony Schiffman and Jack Dingus, who run Hog Football chat on Monday nights, which is offensive line based. So I was like, okay, there's these three. And I reached out to, I'm pretty sure I reached out to uh, Coach Fisher and, and Coach Harvey. And I was like, hey, is there anything related to defensive line? And is there anything related to strength and conditioning? And they're like, um, there used to be a defensive line one, and then it just kind of faded away, you know, several years ago. Um, so I was like, well, there's an opening. So let me kind of start that. And I was also searching for more connection to defensive line coaches because I already knew I was coming to Hendrickson at the time. I was going to be in a transition of schools, and I knew I was going to coach defensive line. So I was motivated to increase my knowledge base there. When it comes to Iron Speed Chat, Uh, I remember being at a clinic in January or it was like January and um, he's now the head football coach at Fulcher high school uh, South of Houston. But uh, at the time he was the offensive coordinator at Tomball and I'm I'm talking about uh, coach Nick Caduti. And I remember shooting him a DM and I was like, Hey man, you know, if, if I were to start like a Twitter chat related to strength and conditioning, do you think anybody would follow along? He was like, yeah, man, uh, I think it'd be great. Um, funny thing is, is he's never contributed one time, but he, he was a, uh, and I can, I can say this and I can shape and I can, you know, give him some flack because he's a really, he's also one of those people that you may think like, you know, he used to have a, a really big following with his YouTube channel. And then, um, there was some issues with the all 22 film and copyrights and whatever. Uh, so he had to take some of that down, but he just has a wealth of knowledge and always willing to share. And so, uh, you know, people would go to him and so it was kind of, in, you know, intimidating in a sense, but he is one of the most humble people when it comes to helping you. And so I know that, you know, he, he's a huge supporter of it, even though he may not always contribute. And there's other coaches that uh, always talk about, oh crap, I forget that it's this time or that time. But the beauty of both of these chats is, they exist through the hashtag. All you got to do is type it in the search. You can go back all the way to 2020 and you can find the very first ones to now and scroll through. And I'm sure we've rehashed some questions over and over, but you know what? Sometimes they're worth just talking about, you know, and we try to keep it fresh. Um, I know one of the hosts, um, one time asked if if there, I had a list of already pre-asked questions, I was like, man, I used to. I used to actually do, a, I thought, a decent job of compiling all the, the resp- questions and responses and posting them as like a blog post on, on my website. Um, and then I just got busier and busier with everything. And, you know, that just kind of fell off. And I, I always mean to go back and kind of recap in the summertime, but, you know, it's just one thing leads to another and you your honeydew list continues to grow. And so, you know, you pick and choose where you need to do things. And like I said, at the end of the day, 
use the hashtag iron speed chat or use the hashtag disruption chat and that search function on Twitter, you can find all the backlog of, of questions and answers. And there's so many rabbit holes that people can go down and so just a wealth of knowledge, uh, you know, and, and if people are still looking to, to grant wishes, you know, just hashtag uh, either or the iron speed chat was the one that we did the wish list for. So hashtag iron speed chat and um, like teacher wish list. 2020 or something like that and i'm sure you're going to find a whole bunch of people's responses so if you if you need to bless coach raspberry a little bit more you want to bless me at hendrickson you know i'm all for it if, if not you know somebody else that's deserving uh i would also you know hope they would get something too man that's awesome i love the iron speed chats there's times like you know i couldn't make it and you know it slips my mind or wherever but i love it man i love seeing all the responses and you know, hearing from other coaches and hearing their thought process. That's why I get out of it most. You know, I just want to hear something different. You know, there's multiple ways to skin a cat. So, yeah, man, that's awesome. So why did you go into the field of strength conditioning? Um, so when I first started coaching in, in Houston, my old high school, you know, I just kind of started in the video room. I was like uh, Eric Spolstra when he was starting out as – the head coach of the heat, he started in the video room and kind of worked his way up. So I didn't really understand strength conditioning at the time. Um, and then I finished my time there in Houston and a new opportunity in the Dallas area came up. It was for a head boys soccer and freshman football. Um, so I said, okay, well, let me take this opportunity. But that also meant that I had to create a lifting program for boys soccer. So it's very, you know, football centric, the big lifts, squat bench, deadlifts and cleans. Um, and I didn't have real formal teaching with cleans. So it really took some time to just learn what it was and what it is to piece together a quality program. And I'm still learning that now, but um now, I've always loved lifting and, I, and I've always loved and respected those that can do it well and on a high level. So I think it was just a natural progression in my career to become a more dedicated strength conditioning coach. Um, as far as the conditioning side of things, I, I, I know that I have still way more to learn when it comes to better pairing the, that that part of things, you know, the sprinting mechanics and throwing and um, the jumping and plyometrics and, and, and even the longer, you know, aerobic uh, type running things. It's just kind of bringing those all together in conjunction with the strength side of training and, and improving all of that. So, you know, for me to get into it, really, I think it's just a natural progression um, because for me, I'm always trying to learn. I'm always trying to find out how to get better. Um, you know, there are some things that I think just that I do that hold that are stand true because, you know, other people are doing them and it works, you know, not to say, like you said, you can't skin it a different way, but there's just certain things that, you know, like, you know, whether it's pattern things regarding squat and lunge and, you know, your pressing movements and, and jump mechanics and those types of things, you just know they're going to work um, and they're going to create buy-in for kids because they're going to see it um, at the same time throwing in some bodybuilding stuff like curls and, um, you know, if you got access to cable machines or, 
you know, leg extension, leg curl type stuff. No kids love that. And it's easy to, to just mix those in from time to time to, to give them something to enjoy while still getting what you need out of them um, with some of the other kinds of lifts. I love this field of strength conditioning. You know, there's a lot to learn. You know, there's, there's a lot to learn in this field. You know, you can learn, you know, power lifting, bodybuilding, sprint. Mecha- you can learn a lot in strength conditioning. So kind of going off of that, um, what are your non-negotiables in your program? Uh, Safety is number one. Um, today I was, I was hard on three fr- or three middle school kids because they, and I flat out told them, I said, you chose not to have the right shoes today. Two of them had Crocs. The other one had slides. And, you know, in, in theory, what we were doing today wasn't going to be detrimental that, the, that they had, didn't have, you know, better lifting shoes. But it's a, it's a standard thing. So for me, safety is number one. Whether you're supposed to be paying attention as a spotter, um, you should be, you know, in that area where you're supposed to be when it comes to lifting. Um, because at the end of the day, I'm not going to be held liable for negligence because I'm going to have gone over exactly what you're supposed to have done. And we're going to rehearse it and rehearse it and rehearse it. And seven weeks into the summer, you should know. One, you should have the right shoes. Two, you know, we don't have bags in that in that lifting area. The bags go elsewhere. You know, at summer camp, it's it's a little tough. We don't have lockers and things like that. So, you know, kids bring their backpacks around like they're their safety blankets and you know, teddy bears. And I'm like, get get the bags out of here, man. We we don't have a whole lot of space, but we certainly don't have space for you, your bag, and the weights. Um, the other one is effort. I don't care how strong you are. I don't care how fast you are. I don't care how, you know, I don't care who your parents are. Effort is effort. And if you're not giving me your best effort, then that, you're not going to get anything out of it. So I, I, I don't, I can't stand people who don't give their best effort. Um, I, I don't like uh, laziness. You know, I, I struggle with procrastination myself. So I know that fight. And I continue to try to improve that every day. Uh, but, you know, safety, uh, effort, laziness, th- those got to go. Um, and, you know, the other deal is just having a growth mindset and understand, like, you don't know everything as a teenager. And I know that's hard because we were all teenagers once and we all thought we knew everything. And the well, and, and there's so much knowledge and information that can be obtained at the touch of a button on your in you know in your phone or whatnot it's hard to get into the minds of these kids at times to let them understand like hey you know let's slow down let's do this or whatnot um so for me what i can do is kind of guide them and say well you know maybe you should check out these accounts because we do a lot of similar things and this is where i got that from and at least give them a more vetted idea versus some, you know, Joe Schmo Instagram, you know, quote unquote influencer who's just copying everybody else's stuff and trying to rebrand it as their own and give no one else credit. Right. You know, it's not like um, Ben Pollock and knees over toes guy who credits Charles Paul Quinn and some of the other uh, OGs as far as what they have done. You know, yes, he's kind of, making some old things you know in vogue again but he at least credits 
those people when he has a little more, you know, research backing it up. Whereas, you know, you've got some people who just, you know, they think they have the answers um, because it worked for them. And then they just try to cookie cutter it to everybody else. And it doesn't work for everybody else because anatomies are different. Metabolisms are different. And, um, you know, how you obtain your information and knowledge is, is a huge key, whether it was you know directly through school or, you know, just kind of the way in which um, foreign people may obtain, you know, learning the English language through just TV, right? You always hear the jokes about, Oh, I learned English from watching, uh, you know, SNL and and The Simpsons. You know, you I learned strength conditioning through watching, you know, XYZ influencers, and it's probably more bodybuilding based, which isn't bad. But even when it comes to athletic performance, there is a little bit more to just, you know, sets of fifteen and twenty. Um, you know, they may help an initial deal. I was listening to. Uh, Zach Evanesh's podcast, one of his more recent episodes, and he was talking about how to utilize bodybuilding type sets and reps initially for GPP, um, but then eventually the whole deal is get them to progress once they have that level of strength into a more explosive movement, a more compound joint movement. Um, so and, that, and that's ultimately where we want to get them to. Right, absolutely. And um, I want to backtrack to safety. You know, safety is a big component of strength and conditioning. It should be basically the foundation of everything that we do. If it's not safe, we're not doing it. Um, you talked about Crocs and other footwear. Like, I don't know if you're big on Hey Dudes in the weight room, but Hey Dudes, Crocs, that sort of thing, slides in the weight room. What do you do with those kids that bring in those Crocs. I mean, do you tell them to go barefooted uh, and they forgot their shoes? Because obviously they're going to forget their shoes. You know, what do you do with those kids that forget their shoes, they got Crocs in, and they don't, you know, do you tell them to go barefooted or what's your, like, course of action? So if they have, like, cleats, molded cleats, we'll, we'll throw them in molded cleats. At least that's a little more of a rigid surface. Uh, but it also depends on what is it that we're doing. If we were like today, they weren't squatting the the middle school kids. They were doing a, a floor press, some med ball cleans, you know, and then they were doing uh, jump rope and um, you know uh, bus driver plate marches. So they had an uh, I had a ten pound you know training rubber plate held out in front of them like a steering wheel, and they're marching in place. So you know, honestly, today I just let them go. And I just, but I, but I, you know, I ripped them a little bit. I wasn't rude, but you know, the standard is the standard. And, and that's what I told him. I was like, these, the three that showed today that had it had been coming pretty consistently all summer. And they've heard me say, you need to have this, that, and the other, you know, in the summertime, can we just kick a kid out and tell them too bad? So sad. No, probably not. Um, it's not a, in that instance, it's not a battle worth fighting. You know, they've paid to be there. Um, so you, you kind of pick and choose what you did. If, if we were squatting, I would prefer them to be barefoot. Uh, and I have nothing wrong. I have nothing against barefoot squatting, barefoot deadlifting, or barefoot lifting in general. I think it's great. 
I think it's applicable in a high school, middle school setting if you know how to teach it right. The kids can can handle it. It's not every kid can. Um, and that's one of those deals where, you know, is it right for you and for everybody? I, I've been to a clinic where uh, Coach John Mitchell, who's down in Cypress Woods outside of Houston, uh, when he was down in, in Corpus Christi Veterans Memorial, we got to watch them live uh, run their um, football guys through the through a training period. And when they squatted, everybody at the squat rack kicked their shoes off and hammered out barefoot squats, you know. Uh, so it can be done. And there's nothing wrong with it as long as, like I said, you have implemented the necessary safety. Their kids are mature enough to handle it. And you've got enough people that, you know, you're not doing too much. Cause if that's the case, if you're barefoot squatting to me, you're not, you're, you're probably not doing much in the way of accessory work, right? You want a little more focus on that uh, in terms of the spotting standpoint. Um, and if you are doing accessory work, maybe you do it as an active recovery for all three guys uh, or girls, whoever's lifting. I was curious on that because, you know, we see it all the time that kids come to the weight room, you know, they got Crocs on, they got Hey Dudes on, they got whatever it on, but anything but the shoes that they need for, you know, weightlifting. And I bet there's a coach out there that, you know, may not know how to properly, you know, go about telling the kids like, hey, you know, you should have your proper shoes. And if they don't have the proper shoes, you know, what to do after that. So that's good insight. Um, I, I, I will say I, I joked with them because I think one or two. Uh, so today we did a um, the way in which we break up our summer workouts is um, a chunk of time is strength training. A chunk of time is, you know, whether it's a inline speed training or a change of direction and then a sports specific block. Well, today we took out the sports specific block and all we did was a little bit of strength and we also did some competition um, which we had four different stations and just let them go out, compete, have fun. But it also is a great way to uh, just see what they can do, you know, and uh, we saw today some kids that um, we, we did. I, I don't know what people are calling the drill, but we're to me, it's just, you know, it's inside one of those PVC hoops. You've got a, a you know, a beanie or a, a scrimmage shimmy on, and it's tucked into your back of your shorts and you're trying to snatch it from the other guy. So, you know, capture the flag or whatever you want to call it inside the ring. Uh, there was a kid, man, that's just. And this was a legitimate like jujitsu comp. He'd a wreck shop like. Uh, and so he pulled a couple of moves on some kids and everybody was like, oh, crap. Um, you know, to see so see the kid like that. But going back to the kids in the Crocs, like I joked, I was like, well, if. If anybody brings like popsicle or whatever for the winners next week, you guys forfeit yours because you didn't have your stuff on right. Um, you know, so you could do something like that. Now, if this was in the season, yeah, we'd have kicked them out and they would have had some kind of, you know, gentle, and I use gentle in air quotes, reminder to bring your right shoes. You know, and we tell the kids like, Keep a pair of cleats in your lockers. Keep a pair of flats. These kids have plenty of shoes that laying around the house. They can just leave a pair, like, because they'll leave a water bottle and a cell phone around like it's nothing. And you're talking about several hundred dollars 
You know, I'm talking about like a Yeti or an Arctic water bottle, not like the $5 one that you got in a grab bag at some, you know, convention or whatever, that's cheap plastic. Like these are nice water bottles and, and, you know, expensive cell phones that they just leave laying around like the money's going to grow on trees. Man, that's crazy. Yeah. Kids, kids are special, man. Kids are special. Um, so I really want to talk about this one because it brings awareness to something that the field of strength conditioning really has talked about, especially, I think, the last about year. And we're still trying to, to find what this is. And that is, what is mental toughness to you? Oh, man, that's an interesting question, because I saw something today where somebody said you can't build mental toughness in the weight room. And I was like, mm, false, because to me, mental toughness is it's relative to the same way that strength is. What is hard for you or heavy for you may or may not be the same for me. So I can't tell you that you're necessarily mentally weak or mentally strong. Because I don't know everything that has gone into why you react a certain way to a certain thing. So what I when I say that I don't believe that you you cannot, or let me rephrase, I believe that you can build mental toughness in the weight room because you have to look into yourself and say, do I have any more left in the tank? Can I have gotten another rep? Or you also have to tell yourself, I know I'm supposed to do five reps. I don't see any coaches around me. I'll just do three reps, you know? And so then, you know, do your, and I guess that's just more integrity. I, you know, I don't know, but I do believe that through holding people accountable, you can build at least some kind of mental toughness because they, you know, that somebody's watching you and you got to be accountable to that. So you have to answer to yourself and then you answer to your teammates. Um, do I think that the old school lifting on command and junction boy style workouts truly build mental toughness? Mm, maybe to a very small extent. Um, you know, I to say, you know, a lot of football coaches love mat drills, and I think that they're they're fun change ups. Um, you know, do I think that they're a huge, um, athletic performance enhancer no um but i do think that there is something to be said about rolling around on a mat learning how to get out of your comfort zone that creates self-confidence that i think builds to your mental toughness to where you get to a point where you say i no longer feel like i can't do that i, I believe that i can and I think that's one of the deals about mental toughness, just believing that you can, you know, and, and to me, um, seeing kids that have doubted themselves go and, and lift weights or, or do something, you know, in a drill that they have shied away from to me is, and celebrating them is one of the greatest things that we can do as coaches. And I think that's why we coach ultimately, like we're, you're all, the the great kids are going to be great no matter who's around them. Like there's, I think there's a misnomer that you know elite level athletes are are only elite because of certain coaches. No, I think certain coaches unlock levels of eliteness 
that that may that that kid may or may not have initially or would never get to on their own um but we as coaches can increase their self-confidence through improved technique and mechanics uh we can get them to get out of their comfort zone and challenge and learn how to challenge themselves and channel that fear of something into uh success or the other deal is just learning from your failure I think one of the best things about strength conditioning, especially the weight room, is the weights don't care who you are, what you believe in, what skin color you are. 45 pounds is 45 pounds. You know, 50 kilos is 50 kilos. You're either going to lift it or you're not. There's there's no ifs, ands, or buts. It's not going to move a certain way for a person of a different race or creed or religion. It's going to move a certain way for them because they're either strong enough to do it or they're or they're technically advanced to do it. Whereas if you believe in uh, you know different gun control rights, that that bar is not going to be different for you. It's the same bar as somebody who's you know pro-life. Like that's what I love about that is is there's the weight is like true lady justice, right? It's truly blind to whoever's touching it and moving it. You either do it or you don't. Right. Same thing like in a race. You either win the race or you don't. Like there, you know, if you're not first, you're last. Right. In the weight room. In the weight room, there's no gray area. Either no. either it's is there black or white. It's either you got it or you don't. Exactly. Exactly. That's a great insight of the weight room not having preset notations about whoever's in the weight room, right? doesn't matter how tall you are, how much you weigh, you know, all that kind of stuff. It's either you move the weight or you don't. You know, it's either black or white. There's no gray in the weight room. That's, that's completely awesome. And kind of piggybacking off of that, I mean, we're starting to, especially football. Football is a big, you know, sport now in Texas and more, you know, Florida and that sort of thing. We're entering the competition season. Next couple of weeks, we're, we're transitioning from that preseason to end season. So how do you personally program athletes that are going from preseason to their competition season? Um, so for us, and I've had conversations with some other coaches, football is one of the only sports that really has more of a clean offseason in comparison. If you look at like basketball and baseball, so many of those kids that kind of – you know, especially the ones that that are single sport with basketball or baseball, they're involved in AAUs and travel teams. So they're always in competition. Right. And so like in Texas, basketball starts in October and runs through March and baseball starts in January and runs through June, uh, depending on, you know, if you're in the championships or not. So those months where it's not official high school season, they're still playing something else. So for those kids, we have made some adjustments. You know, we I have a conversation with them, like, you know, where are you at today? How are you feeling? Do we need to back some weight off? And sometimes they they want to hit the gas. They they feel like they've got the juice to get after it. When it comes to football, you don't have you know if you have done the padded spring ball practices, you know you treat that like an end season time. So you reduce your volume and your and your loads to adjust for the stress of that competition season. 
they get a little bit of recovery. And then during summer, you can ramp up the volume. You can increase that load and that intensity, knowing that they're going to have the little bit better recovery because they're not going to have the stress of the physical toll that football practice and games take on them. They're also teenage kids. They're going to recover a little bit better than, you know, a 30 something year old man or woman, uh, you know, barring the nutrition and sleep stuff. So as we get ready for in season, you know, after next week, we'll kind of back off a little bit and kind of, you know, start back in a, uh, a little bit higher rep, uh, lower intensity. And then we'll just kind of start slowly switching it over to maybe a little bit heavy uh, early in the week, um, you know, but but backing off the number of sets and reps as the season progresses, especially with your linemen who are constantly beating up on each other and in the trenches, you know, those knees are tired of getting in and out of stances. So, you know, for them, we may not squat a whole lot I, or, or I should say may not barbell back squat. Uh, maybe it's um some lunges or some more some, some rdls and some bulgarian split squat type deals uh, we also don't necessarily want to load and compress that spine as much um when you're in a collision type sport uh, in season not to say that it's wrong or right either way you know i we've i've gone to i've been at places where we back squatted all season and we've been pretty good uh, i've also been where we're kind of tapered away and front squatted a little bit more and I think we were a little bit fresher as the year went on um, so it'll be interesting to see uh, we're also in a transition to a new head coach um, now he's been the offensive coordinator so his lifting philosophy is going to be a little bit different than the previous head coach um, you know because he's kind of got a little bit more of a baseball background he played college baseball um, you know, and he, he's been around football for a long time, but he's also, you know, he looks at it as in a different kind of lens. He's also a quarterback coach. So for him, he, he wants to make sure that shoulders are healthy, hips are healthy. And, you know, ultimately we, we want to resist injury as best as possible. So we got to make sure that we're taking care of those soft tissue things that we're always working on mobility so that we are on field ready as best as possible in the weight room. Gotcha. And kind of go along with, you know, injury prevention stuff like that. I know technology has been huge in strength and conditioning. You know, we're getting more technology in, especially the high school setting, you know, we're getting team builder and other softwares and velocity based training. I mean, do y'all use any technology in your weight room or anything like that to help you make those decisions? So I got a, 30-day trial of um, Vitruve Fit, one of their VBT devices, and that was kind of cool. At, at this time, we don't. Um, I'm not opposed to implementing more of it um, as far as, you know, when it comes to how we present and, and get the workouts to our athletes, um, at least when, when it comes to football and baseball and uh, girls soccer. Those are the three of the sports that I kind of primarily work with. Um, it's projected on an overhead and they may or not may not have some kind of broken down chart in their hand. Um, you know, but it's, it, that's how they're getting it where it's written on a whiteboard. Um, we're not at a place where we feel comfortable with phones right now and maybe we'll get there. Um, you know, I, I've 
thought about rack performance, but just the way that our weight room is configured, it's not as clean. Um, we would need a few more. In my opinion, we would need a few more either screens or projectors to better get everybody to see what's going on. Um, you know, but I, I think there's some things like that that maybe in the future would be added um, as far as VBT or, you know, GPS stuff. I think that's a further away thing, um, you know, but I'm not, again, I'm not opposed to it. I think there's some really cool and really good validity to it. It's just the deal is it takes time to learn it and then you have to implement it and you have to coach your coaches on it. And, you know, time is, time is critical and, and crucial. Um, so it's important that you have a good support system in order to do that. Um, but you also have to have the resources. And right now that's, that's not as high on our priority list and wish list. Um, you know, I would love some jump mats and some dasher systems over VBT stuff. Yeah, man. Uh, Technology has been huge. It's, you know, increasingly made its presence in the strength and conditioning field. I mean, it's already made its way in college. We've already known that, especially power five, but I'm starting to see it more in the high school setting, you know, more, especially private schools are kind of adapting to that. Well, we got team builder, we got uh, jump mats, we got dasher systems, we got this, we got that. And I was more curious if y'all used anything to help you, I guess, you know, organize and bring technology into your setting. Um, next question here is talking about uh, how do you manage athletes that do not enjoy the weight room um you know the biggest deal for me and i talk about it with our junior high and our middle school kids or excuse me our junior high and our incoming freshmen early on is you may not like and love this room but it's the room that's going to give you the greatest opportunity because it's going to help you increase your availability uh, at least as far as the athletic performance, it's going to help you make you a little less um, injury prone, a little more injury resistant if you buy in. Um, and at the end of the day, you're going to want to be healthy for the rest of your life. So let's learn some habits that you can carry on to the rest of your life. I try to do a good job of not crapping on other, you know, lifting modalities particularly like a CrossFit or, you know, Clamp Gladiator. Um, because for certain people, they have their place and it's great. But as far as athletic performance and team sports, those are not those places, you know, like if all you could afford was Planet Fitness, but you still wanted to continue to get better, fine, we'll find a way to work with it. But I would never recommend you to go to a Planet Fitness. I think it's uh, one of the most judgmental places to say they're not judgmental is you, you can't be judged. You can't say you're not judgmental, but have a lunk alarm and remove things away because someone else feels a certain type of way about a machine or whatnot. Like that's the complete antithesis. Um, you know, to me, some of the most non-judgmental places are the places that people think are super scary, like the powerlifting and bodybuilding gyms. But when you go in there and you and you actually watch those guys and girls go in there, they're in there to get their work done and they're out. 
They're not in there to lollygag and play on their phones or whatever. And they're going to help you and if you ask questions. I, I can't tell you how many times I've gone up to certain uh, guys and, and when I used to train at Destination Dallas and, and the Dallas area and ask questions. And these guys are strong men, elite-level competitors, bodybuilders, and they're a wealth of knowledge, and they have no problem answering questions. Obviously, as long as you're not interrupting their sets, they're happy to help because somebody helped them, and it's all about paying it forward. I mean, ultimately, that's one of the best and greatest things about coaching is the opportunity to pay it forward. Yeah, absolutely. And I love that point about saying that the most non-judgmental people are the ones that you think are like the scariest places. You know, I've been in the Gold's Gym before, and Gold's Gym can be a little intimidating. But I mean, there's people there with plentiful knowledge that will help you on you know on site. And I think, especially for freshmen that come in and they see, you know, seniors and juniors and even sophomores that are you know they're built and they're past the point of period. You know, they've they've grown, they they got some muscle on them. I think the high school weight room can be a little intimidating for freshmen even. But, you know, the more you, you string along with it, you know, seniors help freshmen, juniors help freshmen, the coaches are there to help freshmen. And I think that's a great point that, you know, the most non-judgmental places are the places you think are scary. And I think for especially high school setting, and we, I'm going to relate this more to high school setting since, you know, you and me work in that high school setting. I think I think freshmen are a little intimidated when they walk into high school. I mean, they're at the bottom of the chain, and you know they see seniors that are built. You know, you see a three hundred pound lineman, and you're thinking, uh, you know, I got no shot. But I mean, as time progresses, I mean, those freshmen become, you know, they develop with a good system, and you know, they help the next freshmen come along that think, you know, high school is intimidating. Ultimately, like you said, it's it's all about the program and, you know, as uh, Monty Sparkman would say, you know, don't not burning those steaks and slow cooking it and building them over time and giving them that confidence so that when they are that senior, they're able to look that way that they want, perform the way that they want, but also hopefully help the, that younger kid because they remember that somebody helped them when they were a freshman to not be so afraid as well. Right. Absolutely. It's, and that chat kind of buys in with culture too. I mean, if you got a good culture in your school, then, you know, freshmen shouldn't be intimidated walking to a place and think, you know, I got no shot, you know, seniors help juniors, juniors help sophomores, sophomores help freshmen. And that's how you kind of build your culture from there. Next question here talks about advice. So what advice would you give a young student or an athlete that wants to go into strength and conditioning or sport performance? Do something, look at first look into programs that would help you get that CSCS right away. I think having that is a huge benefit versus not um, as a, as a coach who does not have their CSCS yet but is in the process of it. I wish that's something that I would have been, been open to exploring. I, and, I, and I'll just say, I didn't necessarily have an understanding of that being an opportunity out there. Um, so learning about it on the back end, it's like, I could have, you know, been in a different position at this point, 
had I understood what was available. Um, the other deal is, you know, you don't necessarily have to go get unpaid internships. You can go volunteer at a high school, you know, especially in the summertime. Like that's where you can really learn how to cut your teeth. Um, you know, not to say that unpaid internships for professional organizations and top level colleges aren't aren't bad. Um, I think there's a great opportunity in that and it's worth exploring. But, you know, you can learn a lot about yourself working with high school and middle school kids. And you can also really learn how to simplify your cues before you're in a position where you've got a lot more pressure at a college professional level to ensure that these people are not messed up because the other deal is at that level, they're already at a certain ability point. So how much you can move them in that range is going to be way different than you would uh, with, you know, uh, adolescent male or female who's still a very just novice when it comes to training um, and, and the, that type of stuff. Um, and then just continue to, you know, ask questions. You know, if you're in the state of Texas, I would recommend also getting a teaching certification, maybe in a core subject, not just PE. Create opportunity and marketability for yourself with, you know, a strength conditioning coach certification, maybe a USAW, FC, um, FRC, RPR, those types of um, performance uh, certifications, but then also teaching. Um, just because there's a lot of stability at the high school and middle school level comparative to the college and professional level that has always existed. But I think people are really starting to make more understanding of that now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, talking about the CSCS, I mean, that's something that's a hot topic in strength and conditioning right now. Should strength coaches go get their CSCS? Should they be required to have it in the job postings? You know, I'm not going to get into it too much because, you know, I, I don't think it's a necessary conversation. But at the same time, like, you know, I'm going to go get my CSCS just out of pride at this point. You know, I've already taken it about three times, I think. I just want to get out of pride. There's no, nothing new information out there. I just want to get it out of pride at this point. But I do think it does have a leverage over other certifications. You know, I love Mike Boyle's CFSC program. I think it's good, but I mean, if you took two resumes, one had CSCS, the other one had the CFSC, I mean, more likely the guy that's got the CSCS is going to get hired. Um, so that's a big thing. If you want to go look at like, or, you know, volunteer your time, you know, strength coaches that do have that CSCS, go and, you know, pick their brains, talk, ask questions, you know, make sure this is something that you really want to go into. Because it's not for the faint of heart. I mean, you're going to sacrifice a lot of hours, long days, early mornings, that sort of thing. This is not something that, you know, it's an 8 to 5 and you get to go home. Or I guess in a teacher's time, it's like a 7 to 2. You know, you're not going to go home early. You're going to be home late. You're going to be there early. And you're going to be required to work hours outside of your contract hours. Um, I mean, that's pretty clear cut and what is what it is. Another thing that you said was the PE, or well, not necessarily the PE route, but having a teacher certification. 
that's something that I think strength coaches, especially if you want to go in the high school setting, that you got to have. You know, you can go and learn exercise science and stuff like that. But I would rather, personally, I went and got a kinesis degree. Now I'm in the master's for education. I would rather have it, you know, swapped. I'd rather have my education degree, have a job in education, and then learn, you know, strength conditioning on the side and be able to do it that way. Because right now the CSCS doesn't require a kinesiology specific degree, does it? No. Yeah. So, you know, if you were to go in that high school setting, I think that's a great route. If you want to go that route, I think that's a great route to go to. Um, what are your biggest strengths and weaknesses as a coach? Um, you know, I think my biggest strength is just the desire and, and um, want to just learn. Um, you know, I think sometimes my biggest weakness is just patience, uh, but also saying no. I, I, I want responsibility. I want to be, you know, given more opportunities, but I also have to do a better job of just saying, no, you know, I need to focus on this because you start loading up your plate too much and certain things are going to suffer. So for me, as much as I have that growth mindset and desire to improve, I also have to make sure that what I'm taking on is not exceeding what I can accomplish in a quality manner. What are your top five coaches that influence you in strength and conditioning? Uh, mess. I'm going to probably hurt some people's feelings because they don't make the top five, but it's no slight to them. Um, in no particular order, I'll say as, as far as coaches that I can directly connect with, um, Monty Sparkman, uh, Missy Mitchell McBeth, uh, Josh Storms at Florida State, um, Ronnie Jankovich. Um, that's four. Yes, that's four. Uh, and then I'll say fifth one. Um, I'm gonna probably go with Alan Bishop. You know, I I I don't have like direct. I, I you know I can send him a DM, but I think other people can too. But I. What what he does in terms of putting out content, and I've heard him speak, and he just does a really great job. Um, and he doesn't do a whole lot of fancy stuff. He does a lot of simple stuff. So it, it's easily adaptable for your – if you understand how to adapt it, you can take what he's doing at the collegiate level and find a way for it to apply for your kids at the high school level. He's a more of a basketball guy, ain't he? Yeah, he's the he's the head strength conditioning coach for men's basketball at the University of Houston. That's what it was. I couldn't remember exactly what he was or uh, what his title was. I knew he was a collegiate strength coach. Uh, yeah. Who is a coach that you think everyone should be following, whether that be on Twitter or Instagram? Uh, I think everybody should follow my buddy, Ronnie Jankovic. Uh, he does a lot. He cares about kids, and he's – I think he's one of the most unknown guys that just does a great job doing the most with the least. Well, Peter, that is the end. So thank you to all that uh, are listening on this episode of the Conjugate Chats with your host here, Coach Raspberry. Uh, Thank you, Peter, for your time. And thank you for wanting to come on here and sharing 
you know, your story, your methods. I appreciate it. Thank you, Coach Raspberry, for creating this opportunity. And, and I wish you all the best of luck. And thank you for all the support um, of my podcast and Iron Speed Chat. And, you know, I look forward to watching your career continue to take off, brother. I appreciate that, man. In the name of strength, stay strong and have a day today. Appreciate you, Peter. See you, man.